From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up presents Jeremy Schilling. And for only what I believe is the second time in Teeing It Up history, the KP trade to the Mavs being the first. We have an emergency podcast on this December 7th um, because John Rahm has decided after so much rumor and so much talk to go to the live golf scene. I have with me Sean Fairholm who uh, covered John Rahm and has covered John Rahm since he became a thing, but covered him at, in, in his college days while he was at ASU and then on the PGA Tour. Hello, Sean. How are we? Doing well. Thanks for having me on short notice. Um, no problem. My pleasure. When you first heard the rumors, and people like you and I have been hearing this for a while, these names come up, and we know that Tiger's not going. We know that Rory is not going. When you heard John Rahm might be going, what was your first reaction? Pretty pretty surprised. I mean, I think there's a list of guys who you think would never go, and he was kind of on that short list of guys. If you had told me Patrick Cantlay or Xander Shoffley, I would have said that makes a lot more yep. sense. But yep. uh, Rahm had maybe been the most adamant outside of Rory, in all of this, that he w- was never going to leave. I, I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? I would rank him in the top three or so of players who uh, were saying that they were never going to leave. I mean, some some of his quotes, well, yeah, of quotes. are, I mean, incredible to look back on. Now, I know, I know, a lot has changed since he said some of these things, but I mean, he could not have been any more clear. Hated the format. Hated. Yeah, hated the format. Hated the. The fact that that was kind of like an exhibition. He, yeah, I'm, I'm. You would have to. He's one of those guys that I'd be really surprised leaves and uh, uh, sorry would leave. And the other part about this that's really surprising to me is that John Rom has always seemed like a guy that when he says something, he means it. He's not a guy who's just saying. And the win was whatever today, or eh, I'll be interested in that if, if it comes to it. He he thinks about things. He gives really thoughtful answers. So to now go back on your thoughtful answers is also really interesting. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And I think, I mean, he had one quote. I forget exactly when it was, but he had a long quote about how money will not really impact his life. I think he used the you know four hundred million. Uh, number, yeah. you know, will that really impact my life? And I talked about with my wife that it's, you know, it's not really going to change our lifestyle or anything. I mean, he, he really, he had quotes on all parts of this. The money, uh, his his fealty towards the PGA Tour in general and the legacy of it, um, the format, as you mentioned, he, he attacked all parts of this and was very adamant about it. So it just makes you think that there has to be something else going on behind the scene here. Because this is a guy who he says that he wants to play for history, and uh, in his press conference that he just had with Liv, he said he wants to establish a new legacy. But otherwise, pretty much has followed the party lines on everything else. Uh, you, you, there has to be something else going on here, uh, and it has to be involved with the with the framework agreement and, and everything that's going to happen eventually in these next few months possibly. Quote, I have always been interested in history and legacy and right now the PGA Tour has that. There's a meaning when you win the when you win the Memorial Championship. There's a meaning when you win Arnold Palmer's event at Bay Hill. There's a meaning 
when you win LA and Tory and some of those historic venues. That to me matters a lot. After this uh, past uh, US Open, only me and Tiger have won at Tory. Making putts on 18, that's a memory I'm going to have forever that not many people can say. My heart is with the PGA Tour. That's all I can say. It's not my business or, or, or my character to judge anybody who thinks otherwise, close quote. And there's so many of those. There's so many, Sean, that you and I can go through that are very similar to this. And yet something, as you said, something changed. I was very... Yeah, and I think, I think, I mean, he's talked a lot about he wants to play against the best players in the world. And I, I've always, he talked about how genuine he is in press conference press conferences. He's he's one of my favorite press conferences in golf, or at least he was up until uh, this terrible press conference he has gave. But he he has always struck me as someone who he is so competitive and he, he wants to play against the best players in the world and that's really his his value is that he, he's been doing that for so many years and that's what he he wants to be number one in the world. That's that's really his motivating factor. And the top 30 guys in the world, I believe, right now, even if you include, you know, uh, lift guys, and if you include all the stats, strokes, gain-wise, the top 30 guys in the, are on the PGA Tour. So this move is not to play against the best players in the world. It's There is obviously something else at play here beyond that. And uh, it's going to be very tough for him because Rom was one of those universally loved guys in golf, and now yeah. he's going to... Uh, the exact opposite of that, honestly. I think this is a shock for a lot of people. Ryan Fox is 28. He's the only guy, as I'm looking here, that would possibly not be a, uh, a, a PGA Tour member. Um, now, we go to the framework agreement. And um, did you happen to notice what happened right when uh, Mr. Ron went on Fox News this no. evening? Mr. Woods... He being Eldrick said, quote, the player directors are united and all working together to represent the PGA Tour, the entire membership and the best interests of the sport, close quote. Now, Tiger has tweeted um, about and he uh, posted the long thing that he posted last week about the uh, uh, progress they are trying to make. He has posted previously uh, besides his event, about a golf course in Utah, uh, his uh, charity, Charlie, um, the uh, TGL. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a lot. I, I, um, Ivor, uh, sorry, Ivor Robeson passed away, more charity stuff. Like, Tiger's not Max Homa. He is not actively tweeting. So for him to tweet that means something's up. From what I can gather, the PGA and the and and, and and the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, Sean, are nowhere close to an agreement. Do you have anything more to shine on this? Because something's amiss here. Something is very amiss. I don't know. I mean, I feel pretty in the dark on this, and I think a lot of people who are even insiders kind of feel the same way because yeah. it just feels very, very murky. I will say this. My instinct is that this is the best money that Liv has spent to this point. Um, because I think this is a this is the most leverage that they they've had up until this point, in my opinion. Um, I don't think I don't think a lot of the guys they've got to this point have really 
you know, worried the PGA Tour, uh, you know, of course the PGA Tour would love to have Kepka and Cam Smith and these guys, but this is really the first, this is really the first time when someone who was an adamant PGA Tour defender has left. And I think, I think that just kind of shows that, uh, the PGA Tour's strength and their defense is not as strong as maybe some of us thought that it was. And I, I think that the, I think Liv, Spending this money, I think this is a huge leverage play uh, for for the agreement. And I think uh, I think this is going to you know factor into the negotiations heavily. That now that they have Rom, I think this I think the negotiations change fundamentally now that they have Rom. Is what I what I should say. Five hundred sixty-five million dollars is the number that James Corrigan had. There's been numbers ranging from the the, the uh, three hundred million to the. Six hundred million. By the way, I think I just said five hundred sixty-five dollars. If it was just that, wow, that's really a steal for Liv. Let me reset that, folks. Five hundred sixty-five million dollars, according to James Corrigan. Um, what's What's interesting about this is that this could be, in a hypothetical world, not a big deal, right? He joins Liv. They make an agreement. And then they don't. Dan Rappaport, Joe Beal, uh, and and their publications had long pieces about kind of where things are. These other private equity outside firms, this gets very complicated, very murky. Emergency pods are not about murkiness. We're trying to keep them clear for people. But the bottom line is the trip from now on December 7th to New Year's Eve is not going to be easy. And what I think is really interesting about this and what I'm very intrigued on, and Rom, I don't think touched on it in his press conference just now, is at any point did he get wrapped into those uh, talks? He claims he did not. But I wonder if we're at a different point in these negotiations, if something he wanted was given to him in some kind of compromise. Yeah, you also have to think, you know, could the format of Liv change? Could Liv fundamentally change throughout all of this? Is that something that's a part of Rom's contract? Is that what what is going to look? What is Liv going to look like in the future? Because I mean, we've all been making fun of it, even as early as what was it today or yesterday when there's there was a trade in live that was uh, that was earlier today it feels like uh, (laughs) yesterday but yes it was it it, it was today yes we're still making fun of live and it's still not taken seriously whatsoever so um maybe there is maybe lip is going to change with this uh there's a lot a lot of unanswered questions through all this is going to be pretty fascinating to see how it all turns out while we've been taping this rory said to sky sports quote Rom is going to be at uh, Bethpage in 2025. Because of this decision, the European Tour is going to have to rewrite the rules for Ryder Cup eligibility. Close quote. Wow. That's that, a, that would be a, that would be a, a pretty big change from where we are at. But it's possible. I mean, it's it's definitely possible, especially consider. I mean. Con- I mean, this, to me, opens the door for more guys to go, right? And that was my next question, is if he's getting his own team, and he's the captain of it, which is what he told Brett Baer on Fox News, uh, he has to have some other players on that team. He can't be a one-man team. And is there anybody 
whether it's a Scottsdale guy or, or whoever that, that decides to jump, this is where it gets really murky because that would have to happen. Their first event is February, I believe it. Mayakoba? Sounds right. Uh, sounds sounds about right. Uh, it begins February 2nd. Yeah. So you've got really a month and a half here to kind of get your act together if you're one of these captains. Uh, it would be nice to know who's on your team. Um, have some nice team building sessions. And to me at least, Rom being the guy that I knew up until today, he wants to win. He's not about golf. Sorry, he's... Uh, he... He is all about my. Sorry, all, all, geez, let's try that again, folks. He is all about golf, not about money, up until today. So, so you've got to wonder who else is going to go that would fit that mold because I don't think he wants to be a pedestrian lift player. I don't think so. Yeah, it's uh, this is all pretty baffling. This is all pretty bad. <laughs> it's crazy. Just, just the image of him sitting there in like a, I mean, what, what would you call that? That jacket that he, that he had on. Bomber jacket, yeah. Bomber like a, jacket, yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that this guy who is just so hyper-competitive is, is showing up in this place. That, I mean, to me, I, I really question the role of agents and everybody else in this, don't you? I mean, yes. isn't that, maybe that's a natural skeptic in me, but I just feel like, there's there are there are some other people around him who are uh, who are pretty money hungry in all of this because it's just hard to really believe that he would he would do this. I mean, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Here's my thing at its core, Sean Fairholmes with us uh, um, on this emergency podcast that we have John Ron, the reigning Masters champion, whose Twitter bio up until today, I'm not sure if it's still the same, is all his sponsors. <laughs> and we can talk for five podcasts about the issues that Liv has with sponsors and all that, right? Like, here he is, and he's one of the main... He was in the ad that the PGA Tour was running last week to promote Kapalua. <laughs> he was yeah. in the opening drive ad with, with uh, Tom Kim. Like, for him to say having won all this money and saying money is not what drives me and Kelly and myself and the kids are fine right now. What what would change? There has to be something else here. So I'm going to ask you two questions. Neither of which you know the answer to or or maybe you do, but I'm just going to put it out there and, and let's just see what, see what, see how, how they kind of fall to you. Number one, is this is this a different John Rahm than you've covered for his entire career? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, I think the the thing that stands out to me is going back to his college days. Uh, this is a guy who, like, he was the guy for a really long time. Like, you know, that, that happens sometimes in college, but he was really the, the guy that everyone had circled, and he was, you know, immediately... Uh, top five player in the world basically when he came out and just always seemed like an extremely driven you know genuine person like we've been alluding to and uh, yeah I, I would say this is very different from from the guy this is very out of character is how is how i would describe it 
Um, and the other thing is that, and you alluded to this um, uh, shortly uh, in in your previous response, or a previous response, I, I should say. Is, is, for me, this has got to be, there's got to be something else. There, there's there's got to be something else other than money. You just, I get it. You put 500, you know, million in, in in front of somebody and it's nice right but whether it's something he didn't like about the tour whether it was the fact that you previously had to play all the signature events now you don't maybe that got in his head somehow still and, and he kind of carried that that uh grievance over with him but there's something about this that seems greedy not john Ramish, and maybe agent driven or um marketer driven because he's gonna walk in and drive down magnolia lane the favorite besides sky chef are probably to win the masters hand off his jacket which you have to do and then the week and then on on tuesday or monday he's gonna face all these questions none of which will be about his game yeah wow yeah it's uh <laughs> I think one factor into this, and people have mentioned this, uh, I mean, his the fact that he just won the Masters and he's coming in to live as uh, one of the top players in the world, his exemptions are, I mean, he's pretty well taken care of for a, a pretty long time. You can make the true, argument yeah. that he's uh, he's going to be in majors, you know, is probably not even going to exist anymore. It'll be completely different by the time he's not qualifying for majors anymore. So... I think that's one part of it, but yeah, I, I think that it's there's something else going on here. I don't know what that is. I, could there have been kind of politics where, with uh, you know, people are kind of suggesting that Patrick Cantlay and uh, other people are kind of taking the wheel on this, and maybe there's some disagreement there, or is this is this agent driven? Is this driven by somebody else? I mean, uh, John Rahm has has already made basically like an unlimited amount of money. I mean, I don't. I just have a hard time believing that he made this decision about money. And he was asked that in this press conference, and he said it's a factor. I get it, but I just don't understand how, I mean, it would be pretty tough to to have have him look anybody in the eye and say that this was, that money was the driving factor in all this. I mean, there's has to be a lot more at play, and we don't really know what the answers are right now because he hasn't really told us, and I don't think we're going to get much of the genuine John Rahm anymore. No, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss that. I will miss. He had, he had some great podcasts. He had some great press conferences. Uh, he just seemed like a super genuine person, and uh, I think that's going away. I mean, we we've seen what, what's happened with someone like Phil Nicholson. I mean, some of these press conferences that used to be legendary and so heartwarming and, and entertaining, they're they're gonna be uh, pretty boring, like the one we just saw. He said in that. Um, in that press conference I had that, that that this had nothing to do with the framework agreement. I don't know. We shall see. Um, he has made $51 million uh, just in playing earnings on, 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 on the uh, PGA Tour. 11 wins, including two majors. And here's another aspect of this. If you're a guy in the PGA Tour, you've just lost one of your biggest stars, one of your biggest positive stars too, you know, a, a, a hero versus a, a villain type, and you're Jay Monahan, whose job has already been, you know, in in 
tethers since the framework agreement and having to do that in secrecy. Does he suspend John Rahm? I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I think that's that's possible. Um, yeah, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm because you're, you're, you're trying to, there are no more PGA Tour events this year, so the next one's Kapalua, and you could have an agreement with Piff by then. Right. My mind is in a pretzel. <laughs> My mind in a pretzel, too. These are emergency <laughs> podcasts, folks. <laughs> They're not pretty, but they're, they are what they are. Um, what an amazing story that is completely... I mean, we waited around. I'm not sure about you. I was told possibly at 11 a.m. this could happen, then 2.30, then 5, and then eventually 6.25. Um I'm not sure how many times you were told today this press conference could could happen. They've had us all for days waiting, and they finally did it. And uh, one of the great men of the PGA Tour is now a member of Live. And God, does that change? I, I, I don't think it changes how I look at them because it's still a weird 54-hole shotgun league. Because I don't know what to think of Live as as a whole right now. I just I, I don't really see it ever gaining traction because it's just not an entertaining product. Yeah, uh, and it's not going to ever have a a good TV deal either. But um, yeah, I just I I don't know. I I really I really don't know. It's a it's a fascinating time. I, I have a conspiracy theory for you. Do you want to you want to end with that? Sure, let's go for <laughs> it. Do you think that the USGA and RNA planted? this John Rom story for, for this week to detract from all the rollback stuff? That I don't think. No? Okay. I, okay. Here's, here's, my, here's my conspiracy theory on, um, on that. And this is, folks, pure conspiracy theory. They did it this week so that it would be the chatter this week and then Tiger and Charlie would just take it way out of the news next week. Okay. That's fair. But... I mean, everyone was talking with the rollback, and now it's uh, it, the attention has been split a little bit, yes, which I think, I think the governing bodies are very happy about. Yes, and I feel horrible for the Grant Thornton in, in, Grant Thornton in, Invitational uh, mixed gender event because uh, um, that is going to get no attention now, or at least different attention. Um, so I feel bad for the men and women of the PGA and LPGA tours playing together for the first time in 20 some odd years I feel bad for that um, what a weird time in this game man what a weird weird time is there anything you want to, you just want to end on from covering John Rahm for so long you know what uh, let's, let's pour one out for Blue Yonder uh, I believe Mercedes all of, all of Rahm's sponsors uh, that are you know probably inevitably going to have to split with him uh you know, it was it was a good run. It was a good run while it lasted. Got a lot of really good good airtime, but it's uh, it's over now. Travis so. Matthew, Rolex, Mercedes yes. Benz, Mastro, Dobell, Centender, and the Silver Leaf Club out there in Arizona. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, Sean Fairholm, who has covered uh, John since his days in college for Global Golf Post, and will be headed somewhere new soon, just like John. You and John have something in common. I know. The one thing. The, the one, money, not so much. Yes, yes, the one thing. <laughs> so much. 
<laughs> Sean Farrell, thank you on very short notice for joining us for this emergency podcast edition of Teeing It Up. No problem. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this emergency podcast edition of, uh, of uh, Teeing It Up. What a day. What a time in golf.